Welcome to episode 21 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, and I'm joined with Andrew and Matt today. The other Matt couldn't be here, but UConn had a big win today. They have a big game coming up this week, so we're going to we're gonna go over it for you guys, even if we're undermanned here. So like I mentioned, UConn defeated Butler today at the XL Center, 86-56, to a 30-point win. It honestly felt like a larger victory than that. UConn just dominating Butler in every area. I mean, they out-rebounded them by 26 rebounds after – not rebounding them by 24 the previous game. I mean, guys who had some off games really recently kind of picked it up, like Sonogo, 17 and 14. Even Joey Calcaterra had five points. He saw it go through a couple of times. He also made the 1,000-point club, so congratulations to him. He's had a great career. It's not easy to get to 1,000 points. Not many people get there. And, yeah, Jordan Hawkins set up not really a quiet 20, but it, he just scores easily. At will, he had a great game. Caravan, another solid effort. And Newton kind of picked it up a little bit after he was struggling a little bit. So just overall, a great team win. A much-needed team win to build some morale going to the massive game coming up this week versus Xavier. We'll get to that later. But just, like I said, a much-needed win. And really, the, the fans needed it, too. I mean, three straight losses. Some, got, some people are falling off the ship saying this team's done. They're overrated. So I feel like they proved some people wrong there. Yeah, I don't care if it was uh that it was Butler. I don't care if it was an elementary school team. UConn needed this win no matter what. And I feel like this game against Butler at home, I believe it was a sellout. It looked sold out from TV, but even if it wasn't, maybe a couple hundred MTCs. But either way, the fans really did need this. You know, they needed a, a securing one. You know, 86 to 56 is just, it's a huge win. Butler was never in the game. I think UConn was up by like 36 at one point. I think they were up 36 towards the very end of the game, but then the the Stars came in and Butler scored a couple of points. But, you know, we still won by 30. We really needed that win, and we really needed it confidence-wise. You know, you could you could go on and on about how Butler didn't have Manny Bates and how three of their starters played 15 or more minutes and had no points. But either way, you know, they really need this win no matter who it was against. And I think it's it's going to be perfect for that huge one, the huge clash at Campbell on Wednesday night. Yeah, one thing I want to bring up is I just think it's a little funny. We won by how many? We won by uh, 30 points. And Andre Jackson took three shots. Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> what happened. They love to say it a lot during the uh, – during the broadcast that he is not looking for shots, which I mean, I don't know how true that is. Obviously you're looking for shots out there, but I mean, if we can beat up Butler by 30 points, but Andre Jackson taking three shots and getting four rebounds, then I don't know. I feel, I feel pretty confident going forward in the guys. Um, seemed like we came back to reality here a little bit, uh, especially after losing five of the last six. Uh, it was good to see, especially the bounce backs from certain guys, Caravan, Newton, uh, even Sonogo will say he bounced back. It, it was just good to see and a big confidence booster, definitely. Yeah, Andre, I mean, he had that game on New Year's Eve against Xavier. He took 12 threes. Since then, he hasn't taken more than three in a game. And in our last three versus the Johnnies, Seton Hall, and today versus Butler combined, he's only taken one three. It was that step back he hit against Seton Hall. So he's really kind of going off of the shooting and doing more of the other stuff, which he's good at I guess he's good at I'm not saying he's a bad shooter but he's better at other things on the court we can all agree there so he's really heading in that direction and also Samson Johnson 
Welcome back to the party. He came back after a 19 game absence. He played, he didn't play too much. He played a little bit, but he was productive. He scored. He he was, he had a little, I think he was a little excited. I mean, he missed a corner three and then he missed a couple of inside shots, but he got his points. He had a couple of rebounds. It's good to see him back. This is the game you want him in there against a mediocre Butler team. I'll say, I mean, we've killed him twice. So I feel like we can call him mediocre from our standpoint. It's good to get him some run in this one, especially with the game coming up. We keep on, we keep on highlighting the game coming up for Xavier, but they have two, three, I'll even call it, with Jerome Hunter, dominant bigs with Fremantle and Nunji. So having the depth inside there is going to be crucial. Yeah, this was a game where, like, obviously, you know, he looked a little rusty. He's been out for, what, 18, 19 games now since that first one. Uh, it's not really a game where you really want to see him, like, dominate. You know, you just wanted to get him back in – to the swing of basketball and you know it's different in practice playing against your own teammates but this was a perfect game you know where Butler's still going to compete but nobody's out there trying to kill him you know so he's just he got the action that he needed but I think that Hurley might ramp him up and um Jackson out there just they're going to really need as many bigs as they can possibly have on Wednesday so I think this was the, really the perfect game to get him in ramp his activity up by a ton and yeah, I could have sworn that three he took was going in. That thing was halfway down the cylinder and it popped right back out. So I'm really excited to see how well he stretches the floor, and that'll be really valuable for us going forward. And also another little fun fact here. This was the first game we had every player healthy, and it was also everyone got in. 16 different people played today. That's impressive. I mean, I don't know the last time UConn, if they've even ever had 16 players rostered, let alone played in the same game. It's good to see guys like Hurley and Andre Johnson, Emmett Hendry, even Hassoon and Rumaglu to get in the game. I mean, they were I'm sure they worked so hard in practice against these guys, making them better. So just really cool to see. And also Hassan Diara had a very efficient game. He went three for three from the field, hit a three as soon as he came in, really, just knocked it down. And there was that inbounds play. I don't know if you guys remember. It was underneath. It was just a pass to Joey, and he quickly gave it right back to DR for the layup. That's cool to see. We haven't really seen a play like that from UConn. I mean, I've seen it other places, but usually we run a play where we get it to the big man, and they pass to the guard, and we just start the offense. So it's cool to see that. And like I said, Diara, eight points. Uh, Aline, he didn't really do too much. I guess he had three rebounds, two assists, and he scored two points. But he... I said he was my player to watch for this Butler game. Obviously, he didn't replicate his three triple performance that he had in December, but all in all, just a great team win. Yeah, uh, Hassan Diar is looking better by the game, honestly, in every aspect of it. I'll say besides dunking. I feel like that's a fair, fair assessment there for him, but he's really looked so much better. You know, people... People were saying at the beginning of the season, oh, this guy's just going to be in there for defense. He's really not going to do anything on offense. You know, we're starting to trust him more and more every single game on offense because he's really coming through. I mean, he's showing that he can hit the threes when he's open, you know, take layups down low when as small as he is. And he's just really started to look a, a lot better than I think a lot of people expected for this team, which has really been one of our bright spots. Another guy who... We probably didn't expect too much going into the year. Alex Caravan, it's, this is his out of his last four games. This is the third time he's gotten 15 points and five rebounds. He's really stepped it up, especially after he had a couple of dud performances uh, defensively against the guys like Hopkins and Kaluma. And offensively, even in that Creighton game, he just scored two points and only took three shots. So he's really stepped it up recently. He's, he's 
I'm not going to say people were against him, but he's a freshman starting. He still played his 30 minutes, I believe, today, which I know some of us were really don't want him playing that often. But maybe with Sampson coming back, those will go down. But he's he's producing, so maybe they won't go down. I mean, he's really been a surprise to this team all year, and it showed today. Yeah, Kerben was my player to watch coming into this one. I think I guessed him to score exactly 15 points, which was the crazy thing. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, with him, a lot of it just really comes down to being consistent on the three. I mean, if he's consistently knocking those down, I mean, it's 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 a big part of his game, especially when he can't you know make it up on the other end most of the time. You know, he is a freshman. He's frail. And stuff like that's about to happen. But, you know, you learn, you hit the weight room, you grow. And that, that's why, you know, I assume maybe one day he'll be ready to go. I think he'll be a professional player one day. I'm not saying he'll be in the NBA, but, you know, maybe overseas or something. And one more thing about the minutes. I, I don't remember what game it was, but he played 37 minutes. I think it was St. John's. Um, if you noticed, he got 30 minutes here and, uh, Samson got seven. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. Uh, you know, maybe just the conspiracy of the. Yeah, I'm sure Samson, his minutes will go up as he's coming back, but that's really cool to see the direct math there. There's really not too much more to say. It was just a dominant win for UConn. I mean, Butler, they were missing Manny Bates inside who he was their best player when we played in Indy. He was matched up with Tanogo then. He he was missing. They're really, I mean, they're a guard-heavy team, and their guards didn't make shots, and we got really lucky in that department. So I think that's pretty much all we got from the Butler game. Andrew, I know you were at an event on Saturday. Do you want to talk a little about that? Yeah, I was. Uh, I had the privilege to see Brewster Academy against Worcester Academy at the Garden on Saturday night. And there were four Big East represents, two from each side, uh, Brewster had brother of Matt's favorite Husky, Caroline Ducharme. That was Reed Ducharme, who's committed to Xavier. Uh, he's a good shooter, had a little bit of a rough game. He's six foot six, so he's really just a more outside guy, kind of caravan esque, but he had a decent game. Uh, and then Brewster also had Solo Ball, who is. You guys got to get excited for this kid. I mean, he's six foot three. He's dunking from a standing start. He, I think he cut to the basket. And got a pass from, I think it was J.P. Estrella, and he's dunked from a standing start. You know, he's a good hard-nosed defender, decent shooter, but he's he's going to be really, really good for us. And I think he's a name that went a little under the weather, you know, with Stefan Castle being at that position. It's like, oh, great, we got another guard, but this kid's going to be really good for us. But on the other side of the court, Worcester Academy had Kayvon Mulready, who we did mention uh, a couple episodes ago because he had UConn in his top four, ultimately chose Providence, but he's going to be someone who really goes to to battle every single night. You know, he reminds me of a, a Tyrese Martin-esque player. You know, he doesn't – he's not going to show you 25 a game, but he's he's a good hard player. He's going to play hard no matter what, uh, no matter what the circumstances are. Um, he's he's a good player. You know, little little things get to his head a little bit. Like, Solo really got to him, I think, in the end of that game. He was starting to take stupid threes and airball him. Um, but, you know, he, he's a high school kid. He's 24, just a junior, so he's got plenty to learn. But watch out for that kid for Providence. And then Trey Norman, who is committed to Marquette to play next year, he's going to be really good. I mean, he had a great game. He's a great ball handler, great shooter, all flashy dunks and stuff. But, you know, the Big East is in good hands. You know, I got to watch four really good 
players who are going to, they're going to go to battle in this conference night in, night out in the next couple of years. So I'm really excited for that. I'm happy I got a preview of it. Yeah, those four players you mentioned, they're all on four different teams. And arguably, at least this year, the top four teams in the conference, all four that are in the top 25. So it's cool to see those top schools reloading. And I'm also really excited for solo ball. I mean, I feel like Stefan Castle has really taken a lot of the hype, but ball, he's, I'm not saying just as good as a prospect, but he, like you said, six, three with all the dunks. I mean, pretty much a smaller Andre Jackson, another guy. I haven't seen too much of his game, but Jalen Stewart's the guy I feel like is getting underrated as well. I mean, he's out in Seattle. So maybe that's a reason we're not seeing too much from him, but I'm really excited for him as well. I feel like he's a wild card that could really maybe even start from day one. If he's, if he's good enough. Yeah, I even got the chance to talk to Solo a bit about, you know, how the process went and stuff like that. And this kid is really excited to put on a Husky uniform. You know, obviously, you know, playing at the Garden as a high school senior is, is pretty cool. But he said he can't wait to be a Husky playing in front of all these great UConn fans. And he's he's a great kid. So I, I really can't wait for him to be on this team with the other four and then the current guys who decide to stay. All right, and I don't know where you got your tickets for that game. I don't know if you got it through Brewster, through the other school. I'm not sure. I'm going to guess you got it through SeatGeek. And you, if you use SeatGeek and you use code HPTH at checkout, you can get $20 off your first order. It's really a good deal. I mean, UConn, big game for Savior coming up. Tickets are up there. It's probably going to be a top, maybe not a top 15 matchup anymore. We might fall down a little bit. But it's going to be a top 20, definitely top 25 matchup at Gamble Pavilion on Wednesday. So if you want to be there, use code HPTH at SeatGeek and you can save $20 off your ticket. I mean, tickets are going for around maybe $100 or so on SeatGeek. That's $80. I mean, it's a 20% off. I feel like it's a great deal and it helps us out. So yeah, support the Huskies. And we'll preview that Xavier game now a little bit. Obviously, UConn fell to the Musketeers for their first loss of the season back on December 31st, 83-73 to of that game. UConn just couldn't get it going. They fell apart in the second half. Like it's been a common theme in all of our losses, second half struggles. Sonogo had 18 points in that one. Jackson, like I mentioned, nearly a triple double, 14, 10 and eight. Hawkins had 11, but there was really no stars after that. No one else had more than six points. And for Xavier, they just were consistent with their, really their six guys. They had Fremantle at 16, Nunji at 15. That was the game. If you recall, Nunji had the flu and he played through it, which we may not have agreed with. I mean, obviously, we're UConn fans. We don't want him out there. And if he's sick, that's even more of a reason. Colby Jones, 16 points. Sole Boom, 11. And Jerome Hunter at 15. So they really just, they were the better team that day. I'm really excited for this one coming up. Xavier, they've looked a little more vulnerable. They fell at DePaul. They really haven't, I've checked their records, or their uh, scores. They really haven't blown anyone out in the Big East. So I feel like we can, at home, we could take care of business. I'm not saying we will, seeing how we've lost that Saint, to St. John's at home. But I think we definitely can take care of business against Xavier the second time around. Yeah, and the first time around, it felt like everybody for them just had a good game. Uh, I mean, five players in double digits is a little ridiculous compared to our three. And, you know, everyone outside of it, it, it's not even like, you know, they were they were big factors. I mean, Aline was two of five. He hit two threes, you know, which is a rarity nowadays. Giara did all right with six points. Uh, Newton with six. But we've seen a different uh, Tristan Newton, I'd say, over the past few games where he's been more of a factor. And he's, you know, he's been more apparent in these games. He's scoring more. He's running a better offense. 
But I mean, the, the the simple key to the game is that you need your guys to show up on defense. Um, we cannot allow five players to get into double digits. And Sule Boom, who shot three of ten, was an, almost a non-factor with eleven points. Um, that's kind of a concern for me. But I mean, definitely we need to contain the the big men. Uh, Adama has to come to play because if not, it could get ugly. Yeah, well, this is going to be a revenge game. You know, this happened twice last year where we lost to an opponent. happened to be both Seton Hall and Xavier we lost to at their place this year. And then we ended up beating both at home. Both were at Gamble like this. Wow, similarities, huh? But, um, you know, it happened with Providence. We lost first at home, and then they ducked the second one, as we all know. But... I think that's where it's going to come into play is this this squad already lost. And by no means do I think Xavier is a powerhouse. I mean, they've got some some big guys there, a good coach, but they're they're not quite a powerhouse. You know, they got the better of us at that game. But, you know, playing in stores is a completely different story. Uh, I think even stores compared to the XL is a different story because of all the students and uh, Gamble Pavilion's a lot smaller than the XL, so the, the noise gets built up pretty quickly. Um, and you know, it's just it's a lot different than playing at home. Obviously, away games in the Big East you've seen are tough, but that's not going to be what wins us the game. You know, we have to watch that tape from that Xavier game and see what we did wrong. Um, but this this is going to be a great game from start to finish. But I've I've got us taking care of the Musketeers this time. Yeah, this is, and it's unfortunate to say, our first of five revenge games we get this year. And four of which are at home, one of which is at MSG, which is our second home. So I really like that just going for us. I mean, obviously we lost those tough road games. If we get all these teams at Gamble Pavilion at XL Center, we get them on our turf. I mean, we've seen in the Big East, road games are very tough. We know it firsthand of UConn. Like I mentioned, DePaul beat Xavier. That was at home. Other teams are just... Pretty much the home team's winning like 90% of the time in this conference. So it's just, I mean, UConn, they have, they're going to fall a little bit in the rankings, but they're going to, they have an opportunity these next three plus weeks to get right back up there. I'm not saying number two again, but they can easily be a top 10 team if they keep on, keep on winning like they showed today against Butler. If they can bring that same performance, I'm not saying a 30 point win, but it would be nice. But if they just keep on, building up uh, we've seen what they can do i think they can reach that again if they just keep on striving for it and also in this game this is one where Klingon barely played he played seven minutes at four points two rebounds and that was a game you expected him to play more often against nunji and Fremantle. so i think especially with the resurgence he's had recently i think he will play more than seven minutes even with the addition of samson johnson to the rotation and that kind of leads me to my our next little segment here. We do the players to watch for UConn. I'm going to go with Samson Johnson. I'm glad I can finally say that after he hasn't played since November. But he's going to be a key part of this defensive scheme for UConn against those great bigs I mentioned. And I think he's going to he's going to get more than a seven minutes that he got versus Butler. I think we can see 12 to 15 minutes of Samson just disrupting the defensive end and just being a presence inside offensively as well. So, yeah, Samson, definitely my player to watch for this one. I'm going to go with a bit of an unpopular pick here. Not a very unpopular one, but one people wouldn't probably think about. And 
something in my heart is telling me that there's going to be a Joey Calcaterra renaissance here in this game because this is a big game. And Calcaterra seems like one of the guys who, you know, when he hits one, two shots, which he has been doing here and there, five points, three points, six points. You know, I feel like one of these games he's going to get it going. And with the crowd behind him, you know how he plays into the crowd and all that. I have a feeling that Joey Calcaterra is going to make a, a big, a big splash in this game. Well, we know that Hurley's never going to change his starting lineup. That's just how he is. You know, it's been the same way for every single game that we've played besides the first one because people were hurt. Actually, besides a couple because Jackson Hawkins can come back. But anyways, I think Diara is going to be my guy for this one. Uh, just because in this game, I think if somebody's struggling, they're going to go right to the bench. You know, Hurley's not going to play with fire here. This is a game that we need to win in home in front of a for sure 10,156 fans sell out there at Gamble. So we we really got to play people that are on. And, you know, a guy like Joey, if he's on, he's going to stay in. If he's cold, he's going to come right out. You know, that's just how this game's going to go. Um, Joey got a lot of minutes today. I believe he got 15 and only scored, like, five points. I think he nailed that wide open three. Um, and they got a layup. But, you know, we're, we're going to play people that – are on in this game. And I think DR is going to come in and he's going to disrupt defensively. You know, this crowd's going to get into their head, especially guys like Matt Kunkel. Um, I think DR is going to really disrupt him on the defensive end and then be great on the offensive end. So he's my guy to watch for this Wednesday's game. We all really chose reserves there. And what's interesting is I'm looking at the box score from our last matchup. Four starters played at least 33 minutes in that one little lone one there caravan fouled out he was in foul trouble he only played 20 minutes but i think the bench is going to be a much more of a factor this second matchup as opposed to the first i mean xavier doesn't have much of a bench either they really only played seven guys arguably even six last time we played i mean desmond claude the connecticut product played 11 this is the seventh man off the bench so they really have their set core but yeah it'll be a very interesting game i'm excited for it i mean we I forgot to mention this earlier. We broke out the Connecticut uniforms today versus Butler. We're definitely seeing those on Wednesday versus Xavier. I mean, it's just superstitious with Hurley and the staff. We know that with the uniforms. I knew as soon as we lost the first home game, as unfortunate as it was, we would see them come out and know sooner than that. But overall, this should be a very fun matchup. Win or lose, it's going to be rocking at Gamble. I know there's supposed to be a little bit of snow in the forecast in New England, but hopefully that doesn't stop people from coming out. Hopefully it's a true sellout crowd. And yeah, it should be a great game. Hopefully UConn can continue the success they had today. And I think that'll just about do it here for episode 21. And look out for another episode between the Xavier game and the DePaul game. It's a little longer of a stretch. There's like six days between games. So we'll definitely get an episode out during that time. And yeah, thanks for watching.